You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour, episode six of our seventh season. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, great to be back and kind of in full swing of a season now. You know, I I know it's only one week down, but, um, you know, school has started and regular season has started. Yeah, I'll take it. Football action, you know. It was a little bit weird to start, though. We were there Friday night, all of us, and didn't get to see any football. Got all dressed up with nowhere to go, right? (laughs) It was pretty disappointing. Got moved to Saturday. So, actually, before we got to see a Wilson game, we got to watch a thrilling Big Ten game between Illinois and Nebraska. Boy, so was that a game? the Kyle Krabs tweet, I, yeah. I you saw that, right? Yeah, yeah that, was that, that was perfect. Like, talking about how his daughter is like daughter, a yeah. 2 nothing game at one it's point. Like I wouldn't want like, a Big Ten game to go any other way. Right, so. how appropriate for a first Big Ten game. But I, I do want to console one of our sponsors, Andy Herr, with his Cornhuskers' yes. first loss on the year. Andy, I'm very sorry that you have to go through this every year with Nebraska, <laughs> um, but... You know, I if you're willing to change allegiances, Justin and I are always willing to uh, get you some blue and white paraphernalia. I am pretty so. sure that will never happen. <laughs> so, hold on, I got a text. Oh, he pulled his sponsorship. Sorry about that. But actually, Justin and I aren't alone. We actually have uh, someone who I think has to be described as a recurring guest now on the Bulldog Hour. Paul Roberts is here for the fourth time this season. We're only six episodes deep, and Paul's here for the fourth time. What's happening? It's soon going to be the, the Joe, Justin, and Paul Bulldog Hour, I think. <laughs> JJP. That JJP, dude. that's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, it's great to be on again. Uh, great weekend. Obviously, Friday did not work out. But for me, it was nice because I got to cover two games in one day. Made for a very long game. I was over at, at Exeter, who the Bulldogs will see in a couple weeks against Central York in what was a really entertaining game. The skill level talent there was phenomenal. Obviously, Central York's quarterback is headed to to Penn State, um, but a game Exeter could have won and then got over to uh, Wilson for that 6 o'clock start. So to see Exeter Central York and Wilson Central Dolphin in the same day, pretty good. Today, got to play some pickleball, which I was happy about, and former Bulldog tight end Kurt Kelly was on my team today, and we did pickle an opponent, which is when you shut them out. If you beat them 11 nothing, they call it getting pickled. So a uh, quick little shout-out to Kurt there. And Josh Danner, also oh, wow. over. Wow. Oh, yeah. all kinds yeah. of uh, Bulldog history. Yeah, those West Reading courts, man. It's you a never, place to be now. You never know who you're going to run yeah. into. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Paul, thank you for being here. We're going to talk to Paul about the Wilson Central Dolphin game preview the Mifflin game which is you know coming up this Friday and then at the end if we have some time we probably will let Paul talk a little bit about Exeter because they're on the horizon for the Bulldogs as well but before we do that we want to get to our our announcements here at the start of the show and just uh, thank our sponsors presenting uh, the show this evening again is May Sandwich Shop and thank my dad for his support 
uh, over the years. We appreciate everything that they have done for us, as well as our other sponsors. New one this evening. I want to thank CNS Supply Company for jumping yeah, on board. I saw that. I yeah. saw that. I got super excited. <laughs> very, very happy to have to have Al uh, supporting us here at the Bulldog Hour, and then Andy Her and Marty Palm. Andy, we talked about it again. Andy, I'm very sorry that you had to watch that Nebraska game <laughs> yesterday afternoon. And then our three anonymous donors. So there are multiple ways you can support us here at the show. The sponsorships and advertising are great, as are the in-kind donations. But definitely check out BulldogHour.com. And when you see our posts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or anything on the website, just do what Justin likes to say. Yeah, like and share. Like and share. That that's Justin's thing. We let him have that. That's I I watched you lead up to it, and I'm staring there. I'm like, what do I like to say? Like, I'm like, <laughs> like I've never done this that's before. Right. It's only the seventh year of the show. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. You'll get it. Eventually. I'll catch on eventually. <laughs> uh, our next show will be one week from tonight, Sunday, September fifth, same time and same places. You can watch, and we'll recap the game against Mifflin and preview the game against Exeter. So not, that won't change too much this year. Sunday evenings are going to be the time to watch us. Uh, a few other things I want to get to, if I can pull them up properly. Just a couple announcements from the the football page before I forget. Um, we are welcoming back three teams. The Tradition Club is to Gursky uh, for the next home game, believe it or not, against Martin Luther King on September 17th. And that is the 1985, 1990, and 1996 championship teams. If you are a former coach or player from those teams and you would like to attend, Please email WilsonBulldogsFootball at gmail.com to RSVP by September 7th. And then I'm just going to shuffle through some of these photos. Ah, yes, here's the next one. Join the Wilson Football Tradition Club at Friendly's this coming Thursday, September 2nd from 5 to 9. And the restaurant will be giving back 20% of all orders to the Tradition Club. And that will help support the upcoming events like the championship team reunions. And a few more. Nope, we're past all that. Good job, Chad. Oh, we want to uh, congratulate um, the organizers of the Bulldog Barbecue today. Um, went smashingly, raised a lot of money for the football team. Uh, I want to thank the Ramsey and Jones family for putting that together. Uh, I, I heard nothing but praise for everything that they did. Great food and a great fundraiser. So I think that is, covers it for our normal announcements. Uh, we do want to thank Wilson Media Productions for streaming the game yesterday. I have had multiple conversations with people that always wonder if that's actually being done by students. And Justin and I have mentioned multiple times that obviously they have an, a, an adult advisor, but everything else is run by students. Yeah. And I think um, due to some other like circumstances, I think students pretty much put on the whole show yesterday and I uh, did a great job. Um, so. Yeah, well, you're not going to get HD multicam setups at too many other high schools around the country <laughs> that, that I'm familiar with. Uh, I'm sure right. there's some high rollers in, outside of uh, in the suburbs of big cities. But uh, I always like when people are like, wait, is that a truck with all the equipment? I'm like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, so thank you also to the people that participate in the Tradition Club Chocho sale a few weeks ago. Again, all that money we raise is going to help throw the uh, reunion parties that we do every year. Um, Lastly, just want a little shout out and a show of support to um, Steve O'Neill. I know he's a big listener. While he's not a bulldog, uh, he's a Spartan. I know he's going through a personal loss right now. I just want to tell him we're thinking of him and to uh, stay strong. We know you'll be back with your Why Missing Football family real soon. All right. So 
Paul, let, let's start with you here and talk a little Wilson Central Dolphin. Bulldogs come away with a victory 27-21. It was an interesting game. You could tell maybe that it was a week one game. Or I, people that call it week zero, I just can't. I can't, can't with the week zero. Yeah, I'm done with that but, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, lots of penalties. I think it was 15 total penalties. 8-7, to seven. C.D. Wilson, I think, was the split there. Um, we saw many mistakes, people wearing down. What was your biggest takeaway, though, from the Bulldogs-Rams game to kick off things yesterday? I would say Wilson's defense. I mean, up until the final three minutes, Central Dolphin only had seven points. And, you know, you had one pass over the top on kind of a broken play for CD that, that gave them a score. But six of the first eight drives that Central Dolphin had, they punted. And that, that's a team with a really good quarterback in Mosey who's kind of you – know, you always hear a crafty lefty in baseball, but he's kind of a crafty lefty in football. The issue CD has is their skill position players just aren't where they normally are. Um, you know, to use another baseball analogy, when, when you look at a lineup card, I think managers will say, well, you know, who scares us here? Who would we maybe want to pitch around a little bit? And I would say the same thing in football games. Who scares you among the skill position players for Central Dolphin? This particular year, there wasn't one guy to me that really stood out. So I think Mosey is a good quarterback. They have a big offensive line. I mean, they average over 260 pounds, but they couldn't do anything. They couldn't run the football. Uh, that That was the other thing that stood out to me. The rushing yards ended up, 284 to 170. Uh, Wilson's passing game really wasn't there. But when you can run the ball over six yards of carry, sometimes what's the kiss theory? Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. You know, sometimes that's the best. And I know the Wilson fans, they love that. I mean, you know, they loved Jaden Jones or Gavin Leonard just lowering the boom on somebody. They have no problem running the ball over and over and over again. So, I think Wilson's defense stood out to me. Um, I, you know, obviously it wasn't a clean game. They fumbled three times. They lost one of them. You mentioned the penalties. It was tough to really get into a flow and a rhythm with with all the whistles in that game. But listen, when when you're up twenty on Central Dolphin in the fourth quarter, this is not a vintage CD team. I think we all recognize that. And with their schedule at the end of the year, they could be six and four. Uh, there's outside shot they could be five and five when you look at their schedule, but still, it's it's a team that's very well coached that has a tradition, and you never know with openers. Cam Jones obviously stood out with the punt return to start the game. You know, I know Wilson puts a lot of time into special teams. They've had success against CD in special teams areas trying to block punts. Things like yeah, that. Two years ago, we saw Ethan Capitano block the first punt of the game, take it back for a touchdown, yeah. set the tone for Wilson's win against them in 2019, and a little bit of the same here just with the punt return. Right. Uh, well, it, you know, it's probably going to be a point of emphasis for a team when the head coach is a special teams guy. <laughs> That's one thing that they've always prided themselves on. And before he was head coach, he, he spent a lot of time with the special teams unit. So it's it shouldn't be a surprise that special teams – 
you know, like the cliche goes, it's a third of the game. Mm-hmm. You got to have that third of the game clicking too, or you're going to, you're going to have some issues. It's funny. You mentioned uh, the rushing yards. Justin and I had a conversation pregame of what, basically what benchmark rushing yardage does Wilson need to get to, to guarantee a win. And do you remember what we sat at? I honestly I, think it was way I, lower than what we yeah, got. It was. I said, I, I said, Jaden and Gavin need 150 combined and they need over 200 with, Hoffman with the like, quarterback. With, so if you, the three of them, I was like, they need over three hundred, or sorry, over two hundred with the three of them. If they get over one fifty, I was hoping for closer to the two hundred with the with the two. Um, but I was like, they need to be over two hundred with the three of them, and they got there. Well, the, if you take away, um, I mean, we don't take it away because it was a huge play. Right. We take away the flight run; they're still at two thirty-four, right? Mostly between Jones, Hoffman, and, and Leonard, with a few other things thrown in there. But Jaden net over a hundred, Hoffman over seventy. Gavin only got three carries, surprisingly, but he made them count. I think he what forty yards rushing on those three carries. So yep. they got the job done on the ground. And like you said, Wilson's known for that. Wilson fans don't care. You get the win and it happens on the ground. That's great. So the the other thing that you mentioned that I definitely want to talk about is the the early season reactions to the Central Dolphin team. Now every preview I read picked Central Dolphin to win. Now I don't know if that was an overstatement on them or maybe they didn't know anything about them where they really were down on us. I have no idea what they were thinking, but I will add to that though. The predictions I saw were from people in the Harrisburg area. Oh yes. I, no, I, I don't know that anyone in this, uh, you know, Eric Thomas, we, we all know, and I, I've worked with Eric for years trading information because he's covered CD for so long. And, and I've covered Wilson and Eric had told me early in the week, he said, listen, Paul, this is not a great, CD team. Now, I wasn't expecting 27-7 in in the fourth quarter, but usually these are grinded out, low-scoring defensive uh, battles. But I do think, and people look for motivation wherever they can get it, but the four predictions I saw were all from people who are out of this area. Mm -hmm. And one of the predictions mentioned how CD was so good up front when they saw them years ago, um, what yeah, happened but... years ago doesn't really matter in 2021. Right. When, yeah. when I looked at some of those, I felt like this was like a, oh, well, we know Central Dolphin at least a little bit because we've covered them. We saw them last year. And with the way the schedule shook out last year because of COVID and everything, we didn't see any of Wilson. Mm-hmm. And so we really have no idea. They look at it. If you just look on paper, you have a three-year returning starter at quarterback, right? And you don't have like you you have a new quarterback. You lost a bunch on the line. Mm-hmm. Like, I think if you look on paper, I I could see. Yeah, there was a case got, to be made, right? But like, although one of the predictions was a two touchdown win, which I thought was a a bit much, right? Uh, just right. because again. CD replaced a lot too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, like we talked about the skill position players. Plus, you know, coming to Wilson, it's not, you know, and Coach McNamee usually plays games pretty close to the. I mean, oh, yeah. he was running the ball with ten minutes left, down two scores, which is something that Coach Dom's addressed him in, in my post game <laughs> interview. So they they like to kind of play those 14, 10, 17, 14 games. Yeah, which. 
historically that's what the Wilson Central Dolphin games are. Yeah, right? it's not very rarely high scoring. I honestly, I, I didn't and this one was until time, until midway through right. the fourth quarter. Yeah, you're right. It was what thirteen to seven yeah. right at the start of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the honestly the Wilson Central Dolphin District Championship game my senior year when both teams are scoring in the thirties mm-hmm. is probably uncharacteristic of the way the rest of the games went in the series. We also had Chad Henney in that. Well, that's true. That helps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, Brent Wise and Arden Brands. Yeah. Too. So yeah, there were, there were some, there were some big guns out yeah. on that field, but yeah, the, um, I guess the big, my biggest surprise I think was how often they ran their quarterback, Max Mosey. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were, that was something they normally did with him. I guess with their type of offense, it would come up. They certainly didn't use him in that capacity two years ago, the last time we got to see them. Um, but that, I think, that was my biggest surprise. I think some of that came out of necessity as the game flow kind of took place um, because pretty much all of their big plays or successful like big gains came from him either running for his life and then dumping it off. I say dumping. The one was a long pass, but the other one just mm-hmm. kind of dumped it over everybody that was chasing. Or... He was able to run for a little bit because they, they really couldn't get other guys running with consistency. There'd be a run here and there, but um, the defense really, the defense really stood tall. So I, I, I was I was glad to see that, but I was a little surprised that he he was really all they had. Even though we knew that they didn't have a lot returning at the skill positions, I mean, and. May, that'll, I'm sure it'll come along for him as the season goes and as guys get used. But you, you even said you can see some of the frustration, um, like later in the game when they just couldn't get things going, and then you know had a had some failed fourth downs and had somewhere it looked like they might go for it, but they kind of punt and and things like that. So yeah, the fourth and short with ten minutes left stunned me that they punted the football there because yeah. it was if it's fourth and eight, fourth and nine or ten. I understand it, that was a fourth and two and you're down two touchdowns on the road in the fourth quarter. How many more chances are you going to have? And then TJ flight kind of broke their back with that 50 yard run on the, the jet sweep. But to your point, they're starting running backs, whether it be Zion Allen or David chase, they had three carries combined they went with the full in this. Yeah. Right. And I, I, they went with English instead, who's much more of a bruiser. He's about two fifteen, but that goes back to my point. They just don't have. They, there's no Jaden Jones to steal a, a Rick Pitino line when he said Larry Bird ain't walking into this locker. There's no Jaden Jones right. walking into which, that locker room, which yeah. is kind of what surprised me on one of the other fourth down calls when they handed it to a guy who typically doesn't run the ball, but even. Even the fact that they kind of handed it off at all kind of surprised me. Like at that point, the there had been enough of the game that took place that we kind of saw like they were successful when Mosey had the ball in his hands. Mm. I was surprised they didn't try something with him. Maybe that's what they're thinking. Look, I am I am not advocating for me to be a play caller. That is certainly yeah. not it. And it's easy for me to second guess right. after we stuffed the big guy. But I was just surprised to see him take the ball out of their their most successful players hands. Yeah. I, I wasn't in that spot just because coach McNamee that I, he, they like to play physical football. I yeah. mean, that's kind of their MO. Um, now the ball carrier in that situation, I mean, that was kind of odd, you know, but right, cause he never got turned up field like, and for fourth and less than two, like to yeah. not get to, 
have a guy that big with his shoulders facing our sideline, I'll I'll take that. Yeah, like I'll take that. Yeah, but so I, other than what was that the, I guess it was the throw to set up the touchdown to cut it to one score. Mosey really didn't do much through the air at all. No, like, like he was no, there, yeah. there are a few short things here and there. He did more, much more with his feet than he did. Well, and when else. he did with the air, he had to run, like because they were broken plays because he had to run out of the pocket. Um, so he finished with one thirty, and sixty three came on one pass. Right, that was essentially half his passing yards were on the one play, which was a broken play. And you know, credit to them, they got oh, yeah. behind the defense. Absolutely. But yet, yeah, you're right. I mean, outside of that play, they threw for about seventy yards in the game. So that goes back to what what I was saying about Wilson's defense. Wilson's linebackers really good, and I know Coach Walber had told me during the week about the depth there. So even if Jones isn't on the field and he had cramping issues, but let's say you just want to rest him because he's going to run the ball a lot, the the guys they were rotated in at linebacker yep. did a really good job. They have a true two deep across the three. They at least for this game plan, they didn't do the. Standard four four. They're in a, the, they're four three, and you know the starters are generally Gavin Leonard, Landon Farrell, and Jaden Jones. But Gavin and, and Jaden both getting the bulk of, of the carries going to be need to be spelled. So Sean Dendel and TJ Flight, who played a lot last year at linebacker, are there to spell him. And then sophomore Ryan McMillan was spelling Landon Farrell. All of them at some point were nicked up or cramping. You didn't really see much of a drop off at from the linebacker mm-hmm. spot when they were rotating through. It's it's a true two deep that they're confident that any of those six guys will get the job done. Did you guys know coming up through the system that Farrell was going to be a player? Because he to me he was new. I, he was not on my radar. And in the first half, I thought he was one of their best defensive players. So thankfully, Justin and I got to coach yeah. Landon okay. at, at West. He was one of ours, and he was a two way starter uh, at center and middle linebacker for us. And he was one of the better better players um, from that, that class, that junior class that's up there at the high school right now. Uh, I knew that he was battling for that middle linebacker spot, and he's one of the guys that was mentioned often by this, during the senior interviews as someone who could have a big breakout season. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not surprised that he already showed out uh, in, in one game. I, how many tackles did he end up with? He was all over the place. I heard his name a bunch. Yeah, the, the first half I know he had at, at least three. It was pretty – Leonard ended up with the most. He had nine. Okay. And then there were a bunch of guys with six. No, another guy who stood out to me was Eric Jackson. Yeah. And I, th- I think I mentioned this on uh, Twitter. As far as a corner combination, to have Cam Jones on one side and, and Eric on the, on the other, um, that's, that's pretty good. Right? And I think the biggest thing, besides them mostly shutting down when they're in there, the Max Mosey passing, is – those guys' willingness to come up and run support. And I saw a few times Eric Jackson mm-hmm. flying up when he needed to and was supposed to, to mm-hmm. make the play. Wasn't missing tackles. It was sh- short tackling or getting them out of bounds. And it was a huge part uh, of the game yesterday. So, yeah, Cam Cam and Eric, uh, that's a pretty good pair. I know Jamie Sands, I'm sure, would jump in and say, well, you know. I- I'm sure he'll have some things to add in. Yeah. Like we need I'll, to get I'll better hear, here. I'll, I'll hear him tomorrow morning. <laughs> but but yeah, and, and to kind of rewind it back, you know, Eric um was kind of at least again from from a semi outsider perspective, last year when when Mason got dinged up early in the year, Eric 
then was kind of in that role. Mm. And so he got some valuable time last year, him and Cam, obviously mm. both. And to return both those guys, like you said, that that could be huge. And while sometimes with the cornerbacks, you don't necessarily notice it. Because like sometimes I know early on they threw deep and, and Cam was right. Th- I mean, he was perfectly yeah. positioned and just batted the ball down. And like sometimes you don't notice it because they – won't throw it or it's, it goes in the stats as an incomplete pass or mm. pass breakup in there. But like, you know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily the big headline play. Cause it's usually a play that didn't happen. Right. You usually notice corners back. when they get beat. Right. Yeah. Right. And so <laughs> it's like an things, offensive lineman. You don't notice them until it's a holding call. Right, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, so yeah, for those two to play well, um, we're going to need that throughout the year. Yes. So, back to the tackle. Leonard had nine, Capitano, Drake, Jackson, uh, each had six, and so did Ramsey. Fight had five. Farrell had four. It seemed like more than Man, that. Yeah, I feel but, like I heard his name a lot yeah, more than that. It was it was pretty balanced though. But he was just one to me that I, you know, going into the season. Uh, but again, there are a lot of new faces you know, on this team. I mean, you look at that offensive line. That was another huge story. I mean, to have four new starters on the offensive line. Well, and two injury replacements possibly yeah, as well, depending right. how you look at Including it. Including Dendel, who's a 260-pound sophomore, who's their, their biggest kid. And so to have inexperience and injuries, Worley being out too, and to run for over six yards of carry, those guys... You know they deserve a lot of credit. Yeah, they they earned it. They had they had a great game. So before we talk about maybe some of the lesser known entities coming into the year, or maybe even guys during the game that at parts you weren't sure who they were until the second half with uh with the cramping issues that crept yeah. up. Um, <laughs> you know we we have someone that's new to the show and uh, wants to us to talk about some of the younger guys, as in not up at the high school yet. Uh, Troy, I appreciate that. Justin and I both coach uh, at West, so we get to see these guys early. But because we coach at West, we don't get to see anything related to Southern. And I don't want to come on here and only talk about West and completely ignore north southern so if there's someone that can give us a report on what's happening at southern be more than willing to spend a few minutes each show talking about what's in the pipeline at west and southern but i am in no way opening that bag where we only sit here and talk about the team at wilson west so if there's someone that wants to give me the down low on what's happening at southern justin and i just don't have the opportunity to see them play because we're we're busy with the guys at west but we appreciate the heads up and would love to talk about what's coming uh, but we want to make sure that we keep it fair there. We want, don't want to favor one team. Any up and comers at Whitfield Elementary? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. You hear these names early, early yeah. and often. But if you are listening out there live, we would love if you have a question for Paul, you want to ask him something about Central Dolphin or Mifflin or whatever, just uh, leave it in the chat. Hopefully we will see that. Exeter, we'll, too. I yeah, Exeter. Got to see them in yeah. person. So, so uh, we'll, we can throw whatever you got at Paul. But. Let's talk a little bit about the second half of the the Central Dolphin-Wilson game. Just because Wilson was going through a cramping epidemic out there on the field, at one point, Wilson was down to the backup quarterback with the third running back. Then, at one point, the third quarterback handed off to a wide receiver who just, you know, went 50 yards for a touchdown. So, it worked out. Um, I, I, I said to Joey right before that, all right, Kirkona, here we go. I'm like... Time to shine. I was like, we need good snap and clean handoff. Well, 
I actually made it plural, and we only needed one, so it, it worked out well. So yeah, so all the credit that play goes to jo- Justin Raffoff. No, 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 that is not. What I'm <laughs> no, but I just to play three quarterbacks, at least three running backs, mm. uh, and still be in the position to win. And they were holding on there at the end, but um, you know, what do you make of the depth of this team? You talked about it at the linebacker, but it's I think it's across the board. Yeah, I, I was impressed with. What a lot of the players told me after the game that they gave both Brew Baker and Kirkona credit, which is nice to see because sometimes you know upperclassmen and if you're dealing with backups, they they may not be on on the same level. But you know, for those guys to come in and and keep running the offense, you know that's that's important because you never know when injuries are going to happen and. You know the next guy has to be ready to go. Uh, Coach Coach Dom's kind of ripped some of the some of the players because I asked about hydrating before the game, and I'm, I'm recalling if "dumb" was the word he used, but <laughs> he mentioned some of the players drinking caffeine before the game because they thought, "Well, that that'll get us." A lot of energy. Temporary. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's not good as no. far as hydration goes at all. Yeah, we um, we actually, we have interviews coming up. One of them was with Coach Doms, and I asked that him that exact question, too. So Pickle juice does work. <laughs> I've heard mean? that at multiple schools. <laughs> now, I've heard the taste is awful. In fact, <laughs> I would I would rather lay there with cramps all over my body than drink pickle juice. So, so that, one that is my nightmare. One Governor Mifflin player told me on a scale of one to ten, as far as the taste, he gives it a negative two. Oh, wow, for pickle juice, but they say it it does work. And on a serious note, you need your starters in the game. You know, I mean, yes, to have right? to have you know a handful of guys be out like that it puts the team in a difficult situation so i think moving forward that is going to be addressed and um, hopefully also it's not 90 degrees you know and, and the humidity has been crazy yeah, I, like it this friday looking ahead now who knows with the weather but it's i don't think it's going to be that that high it is supposed to get better for this week and then every week thereafter you should see it drop off so the the, the weather shouldn't be as much of an issue issue at least temperature and humidity wise you never know about the rain but we don't have any control over that unfortunately now um, we're going to talk to paul here after we throw up our interviews here about burkesportsreport.com where he has been throwing up an endless stream of video interviews and they're and they're great you got to get over yeah and i i just the the one you did with Gavin Leonard with Goose there. There's the two up day. now. Yeah, yeah. now you yeah. got we got the encore. So we actually tracked him down after the game last night as well. We got to talk to him and TJ Flight. So I'm going to play that one for you right now. All right, guys, uh, we're here with TJ Flight and Gavin Leonard uh, after Wilson's 27-21 victory over uh, Central Dolphin. Uh, guys, great to come out with the win tonight. Um, what's what's your biggest takeaway from the win? How, how well we played together as a team. I think that that makes the most of it. I mean, Gannon, for everything stacked against Gannon, he stepped up big. Nick Racona coming in, throwing, kick, running, and all that. And then Brady Klein, another freshman coming into this game. It's just the way we played together as a team, is I, I feel like it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I liked how we were able to go down a bunch of people, missing 
bunch of starters and people who come up and place them. Show something about our team. Shows how we're always ready. All right, so each of you uh, scored a touchdown tonight. Um, TJ, we'll start with yours, right? And that ended up being the game-winning touchdown, like in terms of score. Yeah. Um, when when they called the play, when they called the play, what did you think? Like, did you think, oh man, this has a chance to go, or was it kind of one of those things where it just opens up as as you're running? Yeah, with our Thurston quarterback in Nick. Give me props. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew. <laughs> I knew that we had to make a we had to make a play. I saw blocks open up, big block with Kyle, and I think it was Sean or someone on the outside. I saw a hole, I cut back in, I saw open space, I knew I had to make a play. Awesome. And and Gavin, when when we're close to the goal line, right? And I think we had like first and goal at like the one or two, and it, a couple tries. We get the quarter break. You go back in. Um, were you excited to hear your number called when you're in the huddle? I mean, I'm sure you are, but like, what are you thinking <laughs> with with the play call and with the uh, with well, that formation? Was said, there no stopping you? They said that Dozer formation, and I I knew what I had to do, and I just put my nose down and dove pretty much. I just found that hole and dove. All right, that's great, all I needed to do. Great job, guys. So, and, I okay. just want to jump in and let's talk about that Dozer formation. How often have you guys been practicing? Is that something you practice every day, or is that uh, every so often? This week we put it in actually Tuesday. Yeah. It's usually Jaden in the backfield, me up on the right and McMillan. But with uh, the injuries, I had to go in there and uh, took care of business, I guess. And we had to do. You guys started off, you know, Brad Hoffman got to start a quarterback, played really well. Uh, I forget how many yards rushing he had, 70 some yards rushing? I think 70, yeah. And then Cramp started hitting him, you, Jaden, with just. To all down the roster. So you got to go in in that dozer formation, and Gannon Brubaker was in at quarterback. Then Gannon came up and made more huge plays throughout the whole evening. Talk about Gannon and what he means to this team. Gannon's a, a, a really key player to our team. I mean, I have full faith in him when he's on the field. I know he can get the job done. I mean, he goes in there and he's, he's ready to go, covering that onside kick, running that dozer, and then going out and rolling out and throwing a two-point conversion. I mean, he's got guts, man. He's, he's a great player for our team. Yeah, the biggest plays in the second half were made by guys that weren't even in, in the game in the first half. And it's mm -hmm. amazing what kind of a team effort can do and get a team win. So congratulations on opening the season with a hard-fought victory. But I know you guys are already thinking about game two next week in yes, Shillington. Take a look at those, those uh, films, and hopefully we can talk to you guys again next week. Thank, Thank you so much. All right, so that was our interview with – Gavin Leonard and TJ Flight, both touchdown scorers in Wilson's opening game victory against Central Dolphin. But Paul caught up with many Wilson players and uh, Coach Doms as well. And his interviews are posted on a website known as BurksSportsReport.com. So, Paul, before we finish up Central Dolphin and preview Mifflin, why don't you talk to us a little bit about this new venture of yours, you know, how did it get started? When did you start thinking about it? And why did you decide to start it now? Believe it or not, it all came together in less than a month. Um, so I, I honestly, and people that know me, I'm a very harsh critic of my work, kind of a perfectionist. And I am really thrilled with how it's turned out so far. And I, I go back to my Syracuse days. I'll never forget uh, I forget forget the professor's name, but I remember what he said the first day of class. He said, you are not the story. And this was a broadcast journalism class. And I, I've always remembered that. And that's kind of the focus with this website. The stars of the website are the players and the coaches. My, my mission statement is pretty simple. It's 
giving student athletes a voice and talking to them, but not just about sports, because sometimes we forget these are not robots. You know, they do other things besides play football or basketball or or baseball. So I I talk about them. Uh, you know, what type of music do you like? Is it the Rolling Stones? <laughs> that would be a great topic this week. Yeah. Um, who, who's the funniest guy on the team? Who's the biggest eater on the team? Who's the strongest kid on the team? Uh, I was joking with Nick Singleton about, do you guys remember the Saturday Night Live skit, How Much You Bench? Yes. It was yeah. hilarious. So, you know, asking him different questions about what he's lifting, but you know, what do they like to do when they're not working out or playing football? What What are their favorite TV shows or movies? Are they binge watching anything? The video games have been huge because all, all these kids are playing uh, video games. I think it was Colin Payne, Exeter's quarterback, who called out the entire county in oh, in one man. of my interviews with was it MLB the show? I I don't I go well, back to RBI baseball and baseball stars. Well, so I don't know the new games. I but. do know you asked Kyle Hassler about either you asked him about Madden or you asked about video games and oh, brought yes. up Madden. I think he said TJ Flight was the guy. That yes. He they had Steelers Eagles all the time. Yes. You're talking he he was playing with the, the Steelers and you're like, How are you not beating Correct. the guy using the Eagles all the time? And that just goes to show and he said, well TJ is just better at the yeah. game than I you am. Gotta, just the best yeah, one. Pick the Chiefs or Buccaneers. You know, I mean <laughs> not the Eagles. Right. That's but, not gonna get you anywhere. Huh? So you know, I, it's good to see the kids laughing, having fun, and and with the coaches too. You know, my conversation with Coach Dom's. You know, we were talking about him golfing and the holes in one that that he's had in one hole in three, which was an interesting yep, story. That was a great story. You talk about fishing. You know, all all kinds of of different things. JJ Jordan from Burke's Catholic. I found out he loves to fish. And then he said one of his favorite spots is in Why Missing. I oh, said, they let, are you sure they let you over? He's like, oh, oh I sneak in. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I sneak in over. So uh, it's just trying to, you know, talk to these kids about, obviously sports is going to be a big part of it, but things outside of that as well. And, you know, with my radio background and, and being a talk show host for so long, that's kind of you know, my forte, if you will, is the, is the interviews. I mean, there are all kinds of different platforms, but that's what I think differentiates BurkeSportsReport.com is these these videos. And the previous year, I got a, a, you know time to kind of dabble in different things. And with my Twitter account, you know, you see the analytics. Everybody talks about analytics and sports. Well, there are analytics for social media as well. And you can kind of see what gets a reaction and what doesn't. By far, hands down, not close, the interviews with the kids got the most views and most impressions than any other content that I put out. I mean, it was it was not close. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but we're in a point-and-click visual era. And the days of reading... Don Quixote, which I had to read over the summer. It's about a th- it's a great book, but it's about a thousand pages. People now, it's instant gratification. They want to see the video, click on it, a couple minutes, and they're moving on. What do we all do when we grab our phones? We do this, right? Scroll, we scroll, 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 right, scroll. right, and so. 
that's kind of the niche that I found. And the feedback has been really positive. I mean, it's, it's been great. I have to thank Phil Reculia and certainly Wilson. Sports fans know that name. Phil is Sal's brother. Sal, of course, the baseball coach at Wilson, who's won a couple district titles. But uh, Phil is the owner of Pizza Como, and right next door now is The Yard, which is the title sponsor for BurkeSportsReport.com. It's really fun. It's virtual golf. Uh, Kevin Quimby, who Wilson fans know, he just texted me today. He was in there playing with his with his kids. I know some of the Wilson baseball players, Mifflin baseball players have been over there playing. If you know Sal, you know he's a nice guy. Phil's the same way. The whole month of August, he let people come in and try it out for free. He didn't charge anyone anything to play golf. And you can pick like St. Andrews. I mean, you want to play it. The, the holes are it's there for you. Right. Yeah. I mean, these, these famous courses from around the world and you bring in your own clubs, you know, and, and it's like you're playing 18. And the, the nice benefit is you have Pizza Como's food and cold beverages literally feet away. So whatever you want to order, I mean, their, their pizza is great. Their sandwiches are, are, are great, but it's right there. So you can have that in a second. I mean, so it's, it's neat for golfers. If you want to set up a tee time, the number is 484-336-4244, 484-336-4244. September 1st is the opening day, so that, that's when you know, people will have to start paying. But if you have a foursome, it's really reasonable. And you're hanging out with your buddies, swinging your golf clubs, and eating and drinking. <laughs> it's a lot get, worse in the world. You don't you know? have to worry about the exercise of walking around the course. You're it's just, bingo. Right, yeah. Right there. Yeah. There no carts. Yeah. You don't have to worry about Yeah. That. And it's in the Fifth Street Highway in Muhlenberg. Everybody knows where, where that is. But um, the website, and I've, I've already had, the website just launched last Friday. So we're talking nine days. Uh, I've already had seven additional sponsors hop on board. And my focus really has been the content. So I haven't even really focused on kind of the sales side of things. And the people that know me, I, I never got into this field to make a lot of money. Yeah, that's my, I like to promote the kids. A lot of these coaches and athletic directors, they're my friends, which uh, you know helps as far as you know, the interaction you know, and getting access and getting information that maybe other people won't get just the familiarity when you've been, I've, I've been covering sports in this County over 20 years now. So, you know, these people, people always ask me like, who do you want to win? I'm like, well, you know, I've covered coach Dom's for a long time. And Bill Halsey was the offensive coordinator under Jerry Slemmer. His son, Ben is one of my best friends from high school Guys like Steve Brock and Kyle Hare, they text me. They, I probably have 15 messages already from them <laughs> ab about this. But on the same side of that, I've known the Vecchio family for a long time too. Mike and obviously Mick and uh, you know Coach Lang. Um, you know, just so, be careful. Remember, you're on the Bulldog that's, Hour that's true. and you're playing Mifflin this Friday. <laughs> that's true. So. But my point is like. I know people in every school district. Right, you made so, those connections. Yeah, over the years. and I think that shows in the interviews. You know, the kids are relaxed. I mean, credit to the Exeter players. That was a gut wrenching loss, 
and Colin Payne and J.R. Strauss. And Strauss actually came over to watch watch your game. He was one of the guys that came over. Yeah, but I mean, they they were there. They answered the questions, um, and that's shows character. And then there, I think there's also the intrinsic value of trying to help these kids with their communication skills. And I, I've made this point on social media a lot. It's overlooked, but nowadays we're on our phones so much. But if you want to get an internship, you want to get a job, you want to talk to a college recruiter, eventually there's going to be... The verbal back and forth. Right. It, it Maybe even Zoom, but eventually there's going to be something in person. How do you handle yourself? How, how do you communicate? The only way you get better at that is doing it. Um, so I've had a lot of parents send me some very nice notes thanking them because... Uh, with high school kids, you, you got to work. It's just like anything. It's just like playing football or anything. You got to work at that, Practice, your right. communication skills. And it's kind of over. It's, you know, there's not really a curriculum for that per se. So I, 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 you know, I, I enjoy that side of it too. It's just trying to help the kids, you know, get better because a lot of the kids I do interview, I mean, they, they'll be playing in college somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, how, how do you, represent not only yourself but your coaches and your school i mean you have someone who is really struggling in that department that coach is going to go back to his assistants and he's going to say hey this this kid from whatever i mean i was i don't know it's just tough to get a good read it's it's important you know stats tell one thing but that interaction yeah when i i know a lot of the local college coaches too and they'll come up to me at West Reading League and they'll ask me about so-and-so. But they also want to know immediately what type of person yep. is that kid. Um, you know, the if intangibles yeah, off the court. If they're going to recruit you, they want to know they're going to get somebody who they can count on and things like that. But, yeah, the website's been great. Thanks for letting me uh, promote it a little bit. BurkeSportsReport.com. My rankings are going to be on there. Yes, like them or Robert's not. Rankings. As I always right. mention, the sun will come out tomorrow. Uh, but well, <laughs> all that's... I have a story up there now about AJ Alexi from Twin I Valley. I don't know that. if you guys heard. Yep. He is going to be making his major league debut Monday night for the Texas Rangers. That's awesome. Kid pitch for Twin Valley. 6'4 righty. So... Um, all of that's on the website. Well, and I'll speak for Justin here. I'll just say that we're both very happy to have as many people that will positively cover Burke student athletes and and the scholastic programs. You know, the more the merrier. Coverage is great. Very excited when you announced it. Didn't know it was coming. So when it popped Neither up, did I. I was like, all right, here we go. And when you sent out the tweet, like, I've got big news, like, Joe and I immediately like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Oh my and then gosh, you made us wait. You made right, us right, wait. Right, yeah. Justin and I are that's, back and That's forth, a like, tease in the journalism. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, when well, is it, he going to drop works. this? Yeah. It was yeah. like hook, line, and sinker. You sent that, and I'm constantly, like, checking. Did Paul release it? Yeah, what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. So, But the reason I said I speak for Justin saying this how appreciative we are that you're doing this is because you, you already, you kind of alluded to it. You spoke with the Exeter players after their loss. Oh, yeah. Justin and I do not speak yeah. to the players and coaches mm-hmm. after a loss. It's just, we, we, we're giving them the space. Cause right. you know, we're at this weird, like we're middle school coaches. He's a teacher at the high school. We hang out on the sidelines. We just, we don't, we don't want to cross a line anywhere. So yeah. we, but you guys are in a different more than position happy to than, let you talk right, to them I, after, yeah, after yeah, the right, losses. And, and that's, you know, I, I've always tried to be independent. Now, certain schools get a lot of coverage because they're really good. <laughs> so, 
Like I had a, a friend of mine just asked me yesterday. He said, Wilson hasn't had a losing season since 1963. He's like, Paul, that can't be right. I said, you want to bet a million dollars on it? <laughs> um, but so, you know, there are programs, whether it's right and high basketball, right and high basketball gets a lot of coverage. They've won two state titles right. in the last what, four or five or years. Yeah. Okay. You've had Stu Jackson, Danielle, Lonnie. Wa- oh, one last thing about my website. All of my all-time basketball teams yep. for all the schools in the county are on my website. That was a huge oh, hit that I did. That, that was yeah. I forget yeah. when that was, but oh it was my gosh. Yeah, it was a couple were, summers ago. People were losing their minds yeah. <laughs> over it. It was great. Yeah. So Wilson's Wilson's team Wilson's team is very interesting because there are four what I would what I would call locks. And then the fifth spot is kind of up for grabs. But you can I even went back and, and a huge thanks to Ed Kuhn because he helped me with a lot of the older players. Oh my gosh, he but, knows so much yeah, about Burks County. Yeah, basketball. like Wes Redding and Kutztown teams. You know, talk about Ron Crick. If you ever see Mr. Kuhn and you like hoops. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and it, he'll he'll talk with you about it, but he played with Ron Crick. But all of those teams are on BurkeSportsReport.com. And I'm going to focus football, basketball, baseball primarily because that's what I've covered for the past 20 years. But if there are other outstanding athletes, I've, you know, I have no problem interviewing those you'll, type you'll of people too. You'll go where the too. stories are. Right. That's where you want to right. talk to as many people right. as possible. So thanks for giving us the download on com, and we're always happy to have you here on the program with us, Paul. Um, we do have our own interview with Coach Doms, and after you wrap up with the Bulldog Hour, uh, here you listeners, make sure you head over to Paul's website and listen to He's got four interviews from the game last night, but let's take a listen to Justin and my interview with Coach Doms right now. Years after, I didn't graduate. All right, we're joined post game now with Coach Doms after Wilson's 27-21 victory against Central Dolphin. Coach, you didn't get to see the Rams last year. Uh, did anything change in the two years since you got to play Central Dolphin in the game? They seem to have a slightly different offense than usual, but they still have big bodies, big backs. But what was it like to play them again? I think their offense is pretty much, I mean, different players, you know, uh, and they obviously ran Mosey a lot more. I mean, they ran quarterback run a lot to death, some quarterback counters and things like that, which I said, you know, I had talked to our defensive staff and said, hey, they're going to do that, even though that's not normally part of their offense. But, you know, the coaches put a good game plan together on both sides of the ball. I thought Jeremy called a very good game offensively, especially with all the injuries. Um, and, you know, and, and defensively, our secondary played great until until Mosey would scramble. And then we we peak and lose contact with the receiver. So you got to do some scramble drill, and we'll get better at it. Not only was it the opening game for the coaches and players on both teams, but also the officials getting back into the swing of things. You seemed pretty heated at times. Was there something specific you were seeing that they weren't calling? Or Well, two years ago they changed the rule on who, how many people in the backfield, how many people in the line. And it was clearly explained to me last year, and they were totally mis- they were totally interpreting it a totally, totally different way, and they – Show me a rule in the rule book that doesn't really apply to what they said. And they said, oh, look, it says here you only have to have five guys on the line. I said, so that means we can line up with six guys in the backfield. And the official went, well, no. So, Can't have it both ways. Uh, I'll talk to their interpreter. I'll talk to them, you know, this week and get this straightened out. But, uh, you know, 
They insisted, and I said the rule changed two years ago, and they specifically said it was to make it easier for the officials because it's hard to count the guys on the line of scrimmage. It's easy to count the guys in the backfield. So maybe I'm wrong, but that's the way it was explained to me last year or so. And they said no. So we'll get it straightened out. The, the biggest thing to come out in the second half after going up big, some of your players started seem to be cramping up. Uh, is, is that a conditioning issue? Is that a pregame food issue? Is that something that uh, you can, uh, you know, fix well, over the next we week? Well, we it. Like all kids, you know, they think a little caffeine is going to make them play better. You know, you can't have a dumb argument. You know, a little caffeine is going to cramp. Uh, so, you know, we, we addressed it. And I think hopefully they learned from it. I mean, you know, it, it put us in a scary situation. You know, when you're down to your third running back, you're down to your third quarterback, and the game's on the line. So hopefully they, they get smarter and, you know, we learn from that. By and large, Wilson's been playing on Friday nights for the better part of, what, three, four decades now. But back-to-back -back games on Saturday with last year's game moved to Halloween. This year's moved because of a thunderstorm last night. What were the discussions like with the, the referees, the athletic department, and Central Dolphin to get this game played today? Is it something that was up in the air? Was well, it ever going to come be able to be played last night? We were. I would. I would have preferred to play it last night. You know. I guess after by about eight thirty, everything had gone through. But you know, they had, everybody had SATs this morning, so they had kids taking SATs. So you don't want to be at home too late for things like that. So you know, the discussion, and obviously with SATs, we couldn't bring them back earlier. You know. They have time to get home and everything so six o'clock seemed to be the decision i didn't like it i don't like it only i mean i wanted to play uh but now you have a short week all right well thanks coach for joining us here congratulations on the opening game victory and hopefully we can talk to you next week in shillington it'll be interesting <laughs> thanks thanks all right, so that was our interview with Coach Doms. Again, you can listen to Paul's interview with Coach Doms where he brings up a few other things, including the Central Dolphin play calling uh, throughout the game, but most notoriously in the fourth quarter, again, on BurkesSportsReport.com. So, guys, the last part, we'll put a bow on the Central Dolphin game here, is go over our player of the game. And Justin, liked to, Justin and I like to sometimes not necessarily focus on statistical achievements. It's what was the story of the game. You Anyone can go on and look at the stats and be like, that was the biggest player of the game. And there are many of those that came up last night. And at halftime, our player of the game is different from what we ended up with. You know, at the beginning, you're thinking it's got to be Cam. It's got to mm -hmm. be Jaden. I mean, who had ridiculous games. Cam's first half, with that punt return was amazing. Mm -hmm. Lockdown guy on defense. Jaden rushed for over 100 yards. Jaden's been player of the game with us before. He'll be player of the game with us <laughs> at some other point this year as well. Uh, but I was thinking back as I was going through today with just what Justin and I asked in the postgame interviews and then what we talked about all evening uh, last night leaving the game. It was just those other guys stepping up when they were asked to. It was such a team effort last night, which was great to see. And the stat line doesn't tell that story because mm. the player that we picked, this, the stat line isn't going to be there, but the biggest plays of the game, he was the guy directly or indirectly involved. So for week one, our player of the game is senior quarterback, defensive back, Gannon Brubaker, because, I mean, just think about that second half, what he was, what he was in there to do when Brad came out with his own cramping issues, 
He was in on the Dozer series, which we just heard was just implemented this week. It was already without Jaden as well. So he came in, got the ball in the goose's hands. He got in for the touchdown. But the bigger part of that, and unfortunately I didn't get a great picture of him throwing the ball, but what an amazing play-action play. And you heard Coach Doms uh, in our interview say how amazing he thought Coach Palm, Jeremy Palm, the offensive coordinator, his game plan and his play calling all night was phenomenal. This two-point play, I think, is the feather in his cap because no one, including me, <laughs> thought that this was going to be a, a pass. Even when the play started going, I'm following everything, and all of a sudden, right? You just well, <laughs> we just barreled it in. You know, we just like barreled it in from the two. Hey, let's do it again. Run the yeah. other play, and you're starting play. quarterbacks not in the game, right? Right. right. <laughs> so all they do is call action pass from from Gannon to your freshman yeah. tight end. Yeah. Who, you know, his big brother's just playing up at Penn State. No big deal or anything like that. But, yeah, so I was able to catch Brady climb with the ball in the end zone in the celebration with John Ramsey, which was great. But, unfortunately, I missed the picture of Gannon throwing him the ball. And it was a beautifully executed play, a perfect throw. And uh, then Gannon was in a lot uh, throughout the, the fourth quarter. And then pro- maybe the biggest play after you're losing momentum and under a minute to go, another on-site kick is coming and who recovers the ball? Gannon Brewer right. here. So, yeah. uh, unbelievable game from him. We we wanted to talk to him post-game, but I we, we missed him in, in, the, in the hubbub and the shuffle afterwards. <laughs> um, he, he was a busy guy. I know, uh, I know his dad was there to watch him play. So, it was a, a great evening for Gannon and, and the team, and what a start to the 2021 season. And uh, so, that's it. That's our player of the game for week one's victory over Central Dolphin is senior Gannon Brubaker. Yeah, and that's, you know, not an easy situation. You know, Friday night, Big crowd. The student section was was packed there for Wilson. You're playing a, a perennial power, although we discussed it's it's not a vintage CD team, but it's every game for Wilson's a big game. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on everyone, and to be the you know in the quarterback position, you know, kind of important. So uh, to handle things like that, and then Krakona obviously coming in a little yep. bit too. You know. Uh, credit to the guys off the bench who were were ready to roll, and that that's been a staple of Wilson's program for I mean, their eighty five players on the roster, and I you know I think that's why they get such a commitment and a buy in from from all the guys because they realize if you don't, there's someone right behind you who's going to play. You know nobody's guaranteed anything with this with this type of program. So Wilson got their fifth ever victory against Central Dauphin, one of the few teams, opponents, that Wilson doesn't have a winning record mm. against. Only the 12th matchup of all time, so they've improved to 5-7, and seven, but have won two in a row against them after dropping four in a row. Yep. First, first and only team to ever beat Wilson four times in consecutive that seasons. That is a good nugget I right think there. one of the other teams that had been at three um, was Pottsville. I remember when I have been working on BulldogR.com, there were... Uh, a few Pottsville season openers that the Bulldogs dropped. Um, I believe it was in the eight, late 80s, early 90s. And uh, yeah, Central Dolphin, when they got that victory in 2018, were the first eight, 2018 were the first team to win four times in a row. But now Wilson's got two. So all is right in the world. Then. <laughs> uh, so speaking of series, maybe, well, none bigger for Wilson than <laughs> Mifflin, which is week two now for what? How many seasons are we now? Week two. I mean, I always liked when it. Well, I, honestly, I liked when it was week ten. That rivalry games always feel best in mm. week ten. But of course, when I was playing, they were still in the Lancaster Lebanon League. Not right. possible anymore. 
but week two and last week two game because next year Wilson Mifflin will be week six. That'll be really weird. Um, yeah. But that's just the way the schedule is going to work out with the Burks LL merger. But Wilson Mifflin playing here for now. See, I count Shillington High School into this series. I know uh, some others out there have said I think this is like the 64th meeting between Wilson Mifflin or something like that. Um, so I actually have this as the 73rd meeting because, again, I can include sh- their time against Shillington, which was the first like, I don't know, six or eight years of the of the uh, the meetings. But Wilson leads the series 43 to 29, but of course are coming off a recent loss. And the biggest loss in Wilson Mifflin history, well, at least for the Bulldogs, last year, September 18th, 2020, the First game of the season because of the weird way things worked out with all the, the COVID delays and cancellations. 48-7 to loss for the Bulldogs a year ago against what I would think is probably easily the Mifflin's best team ever. I, is, I mean, is that... Is, yeah. What other team comes to mind to think I of mean, what's the it, best Mifflin team? I look at it. If Mifflin, if Mifflin beats Pine Richland last year, they win the state title. Um, yeah, they, I mean... They were loaded. They were loaded. Yeah, and then they were up in that the yeah. vast majority of the game. They had the lead. They had a double-digit lead for a good portion of that game against Pine Richland, who's always really, really good. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, first time they ever won a district championship. And, you know, Nick Singleton is a generational talent. You know, where I'm, I mean, you have a kid who's 200 pounds, who's squatting 500 pounds, He's benching 400 pounds. He's running a 10, 8, 5, 100. You know, people always ask, like, Paul, how do you know someone's a major Division I player? My answer has never changed. I say, watch him play once. At the high school level, they're going to be so much better than everyone else. You're not going to wonder, like, oh, you know, is he, is he a D1? Is he a D2? Is he a D3? And that you saw that with a Chad Henney. Uh, you see that now with Nick Singleton. He's just on a different level. I mean, when Nick Saban's calling you, you can play. <laughs> like Alabama isn't going after, you know, just some ordinary Joe down the block. And what a debut for Singleton. He went for 280 and five touchdowns. And they didn't beat York. They embarrassed York. Yeah, it was fifty-five to six, and right. Singleton set the Mifflin regular season single game rushing record. Uh, the program record is like a ridiculous, like three fifty-two, but it was in a playoff game years ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what a debut for Mifflin and Singleton. Well, and, and I saw um, one of the highlights from that game was the play right before half where yeah. they run the option, and even there, like there's guys out there, and he just he's bigger than everyone that he's outrunning. You know, like. Yeah. Sometimes you'll see like the small shifty guy that's just faster than everybody. That's not what that was. He was bigger than all those guys that he just blew right past. Like you said, it's kind of one of those like you know it when you see it. Micah Parsons was that way. Micah was obviously bigger, played a different position. But remember, Harrisburg was playing him at running back. And it was like Bo Jackson in Tecmo. I mean, he was just knocking people. He'd start to the left, go back to the right, go back. I mean, he just ran all over the field. Now... Singleton's not 225, 230 like Micah Parsons is, but he's he's strong as an ox. I mean, he he spends a ton of time in, in the weight room, and he's not the only guy. I mean, it's not a one-man band. They lost Brandon Strausser at fullback, but now Trey Rock is the guy who had experience and is, is very good. And 
if it's Eden Johnson at quarterback who came in last year from West Catholic in Philly, you know, they they have quarterbacks who have great speed too in that option game. And I York High traditionally is a scary team because of their skill position players. But when you play Mifflin, if you're not ready to strap it up and play a physical game, they're going to destroy you. And that that's what happened yesterday. Mifflin is, it, there's no surprises. Although Singleton did throw a pass almost 50 yards last year in, in the Wilson game. But you talk to coaches and they'll say, look at the linemen, how they come off the ball. That That's what they're going to do. I mean, they're, it's old school in this day and age of spreading everything out. I mean, Jeff Lang's an old, old lineman from Western PA was a very good college player and they don't mess around. You know I mean? They're going to play their style. They're going to run the football. And um, if you can stop them, you, you have a real good shot, but there, there are other weapons there. Uh, Tyler Minnick, great baseball player. He's going to play receiver for them. So, so it's, it's a dangerous team. You mentioned that Michael Parsons Harrisburg team with him running around like Bo Jackson. <laughs> and who upset them in the yeah, playoffs? Governor Mifflin did, right. So, yeah, Wilson's got their work cut out for them. You know, they obviously are thinking about last year, and last year Mifflin was thinking about the year before mm-hmm. that. So the games haven't been close the last couple of years. And, you know, I don't we'll we'll see what happens Friday night in Shillington. I know Wilson fans are not happy to have to go to Shillington because uh, they desperately need to fix their seating uh, on the visitor's side. The, the, the home side is great. The, mm-hmm. the turf itself is wonderful. But, man, those visitor uh, visitor stands could use some upgrades, that's for sure. Tight, tight quarters tight, over there. Yeah, tight quarters. So. Speaking of stopping the run, we haven't mentioned Dominic Memo yet, and definitely should. Uh, and he's going to be key in this game because you have to stop the run. But when I was at Wilson's practice, every coach I mm-hmm. I spoke yep. to said, Paul, look at this kid. Like, you know, people don't really know about him. He's undersized for a D tackle, he's but he's quick. Mm-hmm. And a lot of offensive linemen struggle to block the quicker guys more so than someone who's 275. Well, and every year, Joey and I talk about there's there's a guy or in better seasons, guys. Um, that like kind of go under the radar mm. and wait their turn yeah. and ha- and then their senior year kind of come out of nowhere and memo would be a great yeah I'd love for great that candidate. to happen mm. for that to be you know because that would be good for him mm. and, and obviously a good sign for the team so yeah I hope he has a big night on on Friday yeah if Wilson wants to win they're gonna need an amazing game from that front seven like there's no uh, no way to uh, to hide that. You have to get whatever personnel they use because uh, John Ramsey, Nick Weissel playing defensive end against Central Dolphin. I'm sure they'll get time on Friday night, but inside Eli Rodriguez and mm-hmm. Dominic Memo are the they are the keys to the game, and uh, the linebackers coming in behind them, making the right reads, filling the right gaps, staying disciplined, not getting caught on the counter coming back, uh, or like you mentioned last year, Singleton connected on you know the. Uh, the wing or the, the fullback or running back pass and, wherever he was lined up. And we you know. saw a couple broken plays th- last night, you know, where, yeah. you know, linemen are chasing and guys got behind defenders. Like you gotta be, you gotta be on top of your game. Aiden Martin's another one from governor Mifflin. He, uh, Jeff Lang said he's one of the few players he's ever coached. And he's been on that staff 30 years. He benches twice his weight. 
He's about 180 pounds, super strong. He's been starting since he was a freshman. Right, yeah, we got so, to see him in 2019 as a freshman. Mm. So, you know, he's, he's an established veteran and only a junior. The other big similarity is up front. You know, Wilson has all the new starters on the offensive line. Same case for Governor. All five of their linemen graduated. So they kicked Nate Goodman inside he played to tackle. He, right. He was he's about six five. He played tight end now he, like a blocking tight end because they had Cam Stewart. Right. So who's now at Rutgers. So they moved him to tackle. But the other four are new starters. Now Jonah Noggle played very well, graded out the highest among their linemen against York yesterday. And he's he's a big kid, but um, yeah, it's inexperienced players on both offensive lines. The the biggest thing that Mifflin has going for them in their non-league games and most of their non-league games and their playoff games is the unique offense that yeah. a lot of teams don't see. And that's one of the reasons that they were able to trip up Harrisburg a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Harrisburg doesn't see that offense that often. You know, maybe in the past, Cumberland Valley maybe similar. Central Dolphins run oriented, but it's not quite what Mifflin's running. CV is now a spread team under Oswald, mm. though, so they got rid of that completely. Man, they're struggling. That's yeah, a program that needs to rebound. But yeah, but Mifflin Wilson have been playing for so long. The offense it's not unique or a novelty to the Wilson defensive staff, and especially when your head coach is Doug Doms has been on on the crew for so long, and and, and Ernie Wolber now just. You mentioned him talking about the Central Dolphin game, listening to him speak to his players at halftime. He said, guys, we're not changing anything. We're there. There's a few mental mistakes. If we clean that up, you guys are doing yeah, it. They he, did. he was excited about you know the third and fourth down stops they're getting against these, these big been. guys. They're yeah. big linemen, the big running back in English, and even Mosey. We're, we are stopping them. We don't need to change anything. Go out there and do your job. Don't make the mental mistakes, and we're fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they'll be ready to roll this Friday night against Mifflin. The other thing about that Mifflin upset of Harrisburg, it was a monsoon for that Saturday game and time of possession, which is rarely talked about in high school football, but Governor Mifflin, that that particular game, it wasn't explosive plays. Now, with Singleton, you get those, but Isaac Ruas, who's at Navy now, he was the fullback then, and it was three yards, four yards, five yards, first down. Harrisburg's all couldn't get on the field, couldn't get the offense on the field. They shortened the game. In a high school, it's 12-minute quarters. You know, that's and we've seen wing T teams like Burks Catholic and Why I'm Missing. It can be very frustrating playing that offense because it, you see a 10, 12 play drive, half the quarter just elapsed on on one drive. Yeah. Now with Singleton, I mean he can yeah. he can house it. He can call a shot time. essentially. <laughs> That's what we're seeing from the video and the opportunities presented to him. I I wish I knew more about York William Penn because I just I don't know enough about them to see how they compare. Very good running back, really good running back. But again, if you're not good up front, you're not going to beat Mifflin. No, because that that they're just they're going to maul you. I mean that's that's what they do. You know. In fantasy football, and I see that great trophy you have over that. It's impressive. I don't know that I've ever seen a more impressive fantasy football trophy. Yeah, who's, who's on there four times, Joe? My who's uncle, on? who's the reigning <laughs> champ. And, and who else? Who else is on there four times? How, I don't want to talk about how, it. Right. How, many, how many times are you on, Joe? Two. I'm on two. Okay. All right. Yeah, when was the last one? <laughs> 
I won two of the first three years now. and haven't won Wow. Jeez. So. Hey, we're not here to talk about yeah. me <laughs> and my failures at fantasy football. No. Um, but I'm looking, and it should be a great crowd. I mean, it's, you know, it should, should be a fantastic crowd over there. Like I said, I mean, whoever knows with the weather, but it's not supposed to be a thousand degrees like, right. like we've had recently. And, you know, it's the Hatfields and McCoys of Berks County. It's, it's Duke, Carolina. It's Army, Navy. It's Eagles, Cowboys. It's Yankees, Red Sox. That, that's what it is in, in this county football-wise. You say Mifflin and Wilson, even with the scores recently, people are still interested. And Singleton, you know, I used to say this about Lonnie Walker and, and Henny and Mennett when he was at, at Exeter. And so we've been fortunate, so many of these you know, great athletes that, that we've had, baseball players, too, uh, Luke Coleman, Stevie Mitchell. Go see these kids play before they're out of school. I mean, uh, same with Micah Parsons. Mean, th- these, the talent level uh, of these, it's hard to believe they're high school kit. I mean, it's just. Well, and the value you're getting for has how cheap high school yeah, admission yeah, right. is to yeah, go right. see these guys yeah. play. Don't, don't right. miss the opportunity. Yeah. If you've got yeah. a star uh, high school athlete, boy or girl, doesn't matter what. It doesn't even matter what the sport. Even if it's something you're not familiar with, go and watch them play. Mm-hmm. Learn something. Take it in. Mm-hmm. And Nick also is a super nice guy. Um, he he he's very soft spoken. He's humble. Um, you know, for someone of his stature. I mean, now he's known across the country. Uh, depending which recruiting services you you look at, I mean, but he's one of the top running backs in the nation. It was a, a huge get for for Penn State again. Alabama offered him. Ohio State was in on everybody was was in on him. Um, but really nice nice kid. Uh, when he uh, made his announcement, his his parents were were right up there with him. It wasn't one of these deals where just the athlete sitting by himself. He, he had his parents on both sides, which I thought was a classy move. Um, but when when he when the game starts, he's a different type of dude. I mean, he he really started running violently. Well, I mean, Wilson handled them early in in his career, and then Nick realized. And his coaches, I think, stressed you got you can't just outrun people anymore. You know, you, you they want to see you your strength, your path. And now he can run over you too. So. Well, I think I'm going to take another opportunity to speak for Justin, and he will be in a full agreement with me that as of I'll say about 10 p.m. Friday night, we will be huge nixing. <laughs> yeah. yes. But up until yes. that point, starting starting Saturday, we assuming are, the game is Friday. Right, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Assuming the game is Friday this week, mm. uh, starting Saturday, I hope he is We wish him nothing but the best yeah. from the rest uh, of his group. From as soon as that game against Wilson, whenever it is, hopefully Friday, it should be Friday. I don't think we're going to have issues with no. weather. When that game is over, we are big Nick Singleton fans. I hope he has a great rest of his season for Mifflin, and I can't wait to see what he can do with a pen. Oh my gosh, I'm excited! And obviously, you can't see him in districts. You know, yeah, right. For it's the casual right. fan, we're, we're done. Now. Right. For the casual fan, Mifflin's in five A, Wilson's in six A. For this so. year, we'll see what happens because it was next close. Year. So the last yeah, one, one kid, one one mm. one male enrolled student <laughs> was the difference between five A and six A for them last time. So end of November, early December this year, the new enrollment figures will come out for the classification purposes. So we'll see what happens, but 
Um, we're, we're running a little long, but I do want to just give us like couple minute take on Exeter since I mean maybe you can come back next week and then we just sure. talk about him then. But <laughs> in case that doesn't yeah. happen, let's give uh your take on Exeter since that's who Wilson plays in two weeks and you've already seen him in person. Yeah, my my social life isn't isn't the best. Maybe why I'm single, but that's a story for a different show. It's a different but, podcast. Yeah. yeah. But um Exeter your your secondary better be able to cover. Because you're going to have Schlaufer at either tight end or wide receiver, who's 6'6". He is the half-brother of Michael Mennett. He's only a junior. Already has Power 5 offers. Tennessee is in on him. Uh, Michigan State is is in on him. Uh, Pitt's in on him. And then you have J.R. Strauss, who had one of the best games I've ever seen from a tight end in high school football, and one of the best plays, he had a 50-yard touchdown catch where he jumped over a play. And J.R. Strauss is a strong kid. Villanova fans, uh, you you should be thrilled you're getting this kid. He will run through a brick wall for his team, but he also showed his athleticism. He plays linebacker and and tight end. Uh, He's another one of those kids, I think he's been in high school like 20 years, just because he started playing. Yeah, Uh, But you have Strauss, you have Schlaufer. You have another Yoakum. This is How Ty. Is that possible? Yeah. How is that possible? Who is just a bulldozer. I, I, Wilson, if he was wearing red and white, Wilson fans would love it. He's like your throwback fullback. You know, I mean, he just, they were more physical than Central York. And uh, Coach Bauer told me in the interview he's, he was sick to his stomach. And I can understand. Exeter. Certainly had his shot, and Central York was number four in the state in 6A by Penn Live in the preseason poll. State runner-up last year, quarterback back who's committed to Penn State, other good skill position players too, and Exeter was right there. I mean, could have won the game, struggled in the red zone, got to the eight-yard line in the final minute, could not punch it in, lost by a touchdown, missed two field goals in the game, had an interception, um, coverage on special teams hurt them sometimes, but it's it's a talented group. I'm, I mean, it's Michael Mennett's senior year. They won Section 1. Uh, that was a really good group. They beat Mifflin. Uh, this team with Schlaufer, Strauss, Yoakum, Colin Payne is the quarterback who's a good all-around athlete. He was the leading scorer in their basketball uh, team this year. First year starter now, but last year he could have started for a lot of programs. But they had Gavin McCusker, mm-hmm. who was a big time good, player for that. Yeah, he was a real good quarterback too. Their Exeter isn't huge up front. That was going to be my yeah. next question. How are they on the line? They're not. They they have uh, one lineman who's about three thirty, but oh, geez, the, okay. right. But the others are more in the two ten to two twenty okay. uh, type. So he kind of if. If you look at their average for their old line, right. it's going to be thrown off. Right, bit. it's yeah. going to it's going to be thrown off a little. Bit. But like I said, they were to me the more physical team against Central York, and they were they were right there. And then they have like Jacob Wolf at receiver, Carson Schmidt at receiver, uh, who you know aren't the D one type of kids, but they're experienced players. They have good hands. So skill-wise, I mean, Exeter, 
if they're Wilson fans thinking, oh, you know, we're playing a team from the Berks oh, League, no, like I, this is no. going to be a walk in the but I, I mean, I guarantee that is going to be an unbelievable crowd at Don Thomas Stadium because yeah, they, they there's a lot of talent on that team. So if they clean things up, you know, they I mean, they're it's, it's a good team. According really. to my research in the stats book, and then with a little help from the Max Preps history. Wilson and Exeter haven't played since 2007. Okay. That's what I have. Is that a playoff game? No. There was a home-and-home series in 06-07. You know what? what? I I saw at least one of those games because that was when I was back home. Um, And actually... And they had played for their yes. Wilson leads six zero is where so I'm going I remember with. Okay. because Exeter Exeter brought their band and their band at the time had like 180 kids. It was a huge, <laughs> their band is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. It reminds me of like a college type thing where they like they yeah a good time they play they all do the time. yeah they and they'll do like shows after yeah. the game sometimes over there. So Wilson Exeter last happened on September 14th 2007. Okay, Wilson so. won 38 nothing. That was at Wilson. So that's, yeah, that's what you're the one, thinking That's of. when I was there. The year yeah. before, on either September 15th or 13th, I forget, in 2006, at Exeter, Wilson won 35 nothing. Okay. So those two games, combined score was 73 nothing. So And keep in mind, before Matt Bauer took I think this is his 13th year, they had some wingless seasons. Oh, yeah. so that probably would have been yeah. right after... Yeah. After yeah. Those, yeah. that series. I mean, they had... And even like his first... But now... Uh, they've, you know, their team that's over 500. They had a long streak of making districts that unfortunately was broken last year. We're familiar yeah. with that. Yeah. Right. Well, my, my right. whole point of bringing that up, and we'll talk about it more next week with the Exeter preview, but is just this is not Bingo. Exeter from 15 years Bingo. ago. Bingo. And, right. and if there are people out there listening that hear, fellow Wilson fans dismissing Exeter mm. because it's a Burks team, you need to tell them to watch the show, <laughs> this show, and then next week's show. and Watch the Central York know, film if it's out there. Sure, yeah, yeah that's even better. Yeah. But know that the players and coaches have known for a while that this was a game. And we've been talking all – yeah, when we talked in the offseason, Paul, yes, we went yeah. over the schedule, that <laughs> Wilson's first five games are absurd and Exeter's right in the middle of it. Right. It's the third one. And the amount of talent on that Exeter team is right, right. up there with the rest of the right. teams. Wilson's so playing. Strauss already committed to Villanova. Schlaufer has Power Five offers. Yoakum, he has one uh, Division One offer, but I'm sure the PSAC schools would be all over him. So that's that's three right there, uh, and and you have a good quarterback, a smart kid, composed kid in Colin Payne. Who's running that? And Eric Nangle, the tailback, nobody talks about, is a really good football player. But because of the other, you know, higher, the other D1 talent, he kind of goes under uh, the radar. He had 20 carries in the first half against Central York. So they're not afraid to give him the ball. They have players over there. All right, Paul. Well, I can feel the metaphorical eyes of the coaching staff saying, why are you talking about Exeter? We play Mifflin this week. So I'm going to cut you off there. But we'll talk about it. Maybe you want to come back next week, talk a little bit more about Exeter. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll figure that out. But I do want to thank you for joining us again. It's always great to have you on the show. 
and adds a certain amount of uh, panache to the episodes when we've got a broadcasting veteran who knows so much about all of the local teams. And again, you can get more of Paul at BurkeSportsReport.com, and we thank his leading sponsor at the yard. And because of the uh, generosity of Paul, Justin and I will get to uh, try out around there hopefully soon. So <laughs> and we I, and appreciate I, that. I know I've told you too before, but I hope the Wilson community appreciates the work you guys do. Uh, like you were talking about, the, the whole production setup all the p- interviews you guys are doing this type of show most high high schools they don't even dream of this type of coverage so what people get from you guys on a regular basis it is it's terrific and joe doing the stats uh, joe peters i mean it's it's like there are some colleges that would love to have this type of coverage well, thank you. We always appreciate those kind words, and we absolutely agree with you with everything that else that goes on with with the program and the athletic department in general. Um, it's it's all very very. And good. thanks to Drew Kaufman for giving me my own booth at the game. Hey, I saw, you, you, I saw you next door. Yeah. VIP yeah. treatment yeah. over there. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Make sure you get your own uh, press press pass. Yeah. You got to get into these games. I don't want to hear Paul Roberts wasn't allowed into a game because no, that happened in Berks County. That's we know not that. going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Paul. So thanks so much for joining us, Justin. You got anything to say before we get out of here? No, just thanks again. Uh, and uh, for those of you that haven't been there yet, uh, hop over to uh, uh, Paul's new site and and check out the interviews. Like like you said, he has a bunch of interviews from the games on Friday, and I'm sure. Uh, Lots of other stuff that'll keep you on there for a while. So yeah, so absolutely huge week. It is Mifflin week, and yes, James and Danny in the chat beat Mifflin all week long. Let's get it. Let's get it going. Get hyped. Get excited. Get to the game early because you're gonna need it to get a seat over there for you, you Wilson <laughs> fans. So come out, show up at Shillington. Have a great time. Enjoy the rivalry. Don't be stupid about it. Just enjoy what's going on in the field. You heard Paul talk about you're getting to see a once-in-a-generation talent. Yes, he plays for Mifflin, but you still want to have fun watching it, and we're still getting going to get to watch two awesome high school football teams play. And obviously, we hope things turn up red and white on Friday night, and uh, we'll be here to talk about all of it again in one week's time. We'll recap the game against Mifflin and preview the game even more so against Exeter on episode uh, seven of our seventh season next Sunday, September 5th at 8.30 on all the stations that we're streaming on now, which I'm not even going to care to mention because <laughs> it's like five of them or whatever. So um, for Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. Thanks again to Paul Roberts. And until next time, remember, Go, go Bulldogs! Bulldogs. episode of the bulldog hour want more wilson football follow the show on facebook twitter and instagram subscribe to the podcast on itunes and soundcloud or visit www.bulldoghour.com the bulldog hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com